0: You people with hearts have something to guide you and need never do wrong. But I have no heart. And so I must be very careful.
1: He read that immediately with no mistakes without even looking at it. It's almost like he just... You know,
0: my nickname is Tin Man.
1: It is. I know that's why I sent it to you. I thought it would be
2: a cruel irony. (laughs)
0: Hi everyone, welcome to the podcast known as Fire the Cannon. In this podcast, your two hosts, Rachel.
2: That's me, Rachel.
0: J- that's me would have been fine.
2: Okay, then, okay. Say it again. Try again. Try again.
0: No, we gotta move on.
2: That's me. And,
1: and Jackie. <laughs> that's me, Rachel. Uh, <laughs> Even worse. <laughs>
0: okay, well, those two people who you just heard, they read books and then together we decide if those books belong in the Western canon. I'm your producer, Theo.
1: All right. Time to get started. Welcome everyone. We're coming in hot off the trail from the crucible to give you yet another story about witches and witchery and witchcraft. wizards oh, wow. And wizardry and wizcraft. Wizcraft. Why isn't that a word? It is now. We just coined it. You're welcome. Hashtag merriam Webster getting you getting. To touch with us
0: what about Zardcraft?
1: craft zard
0: zard like wizard zard <laughs> you think wizards Zardcraft? should be called
1: zards <laughs>
0: zards
1: <laughs> no no that's what that's a charizard like making a little you know popsicle stick house that's a
0: popsicle stick house
1: this week we're starting our trilogy on El frank bombs the wonderful wizard of oz will it be wonderful by the time we're done with it probably not
0: wasn't wonderful by the time they made a movie about it it wasn't because isn't it just called the wizard of oz the movie
1: oh yeah you're right right. that's why I thought I had the wrong book oh
2: because it's called wonderful and you're like maybe this is (laughs) yeah I thought this must have been some kind of crappy spin-off yeah
0: I I know that wizard wasn't wonderful
1: (laughs) that would be a spoiler (laughs) oh man I went to the store and spent all this money and I only got the okay wizard of oz (laughs) Rachel actually why don't you tell us why you thought this would be a good book to read because we all know the story of the wizard of oz from the movie right so what are we going to get extra out of this
2: well, there are two reasons. One is that we have a writer who would like to come on and talk to us about it a little bit, how it's influenced her children's book writing, if you recall. Are we going to say the name of the writer or is that going to be a surprise? It's a surprise. and It's
0: L. Frank Baum himself.
2: <laughs> it's L. Frank Baumet. And <laughs> the reason I think we should read it is because it is very different from the movie and much, much, much weirder than the movie. And the movie was already pretty weird. True. Maybe so. I'll tell you my experience with The Wizard of Oz, and then let's get into yours. But when I was growing up, we had a copy of The Wizard of Oz, and or The Wonderful Wizard, sorry, <laughs> and, and also some of the sequels. There were tons and tons of sequels. I did not have The Wizard of Oz on DVD or VHS. Blu-ray. Or Blu-ray. Well, I didn't watch it until I had read the book and the sequels many many times over because they were I think they were my dad's copies from when he was little that we inherited and they just put them in the like in my bedroom I shared with my sisters and so I would frequently read them and I really really loved the books and I was pretty excited about the movie and then I watched the movie and I wasn't into it and I've still never been into it I think I've maybe seen it twice
1: and I just don't like it
0: you just don't like it? I don't it? like
1: the movie yeah When I was in high school, I decided The Wizard of Oz was my favorite movie. Really? And I had seen it many, many times. And in high school, I just just, like watched it once and I was like, this is it. This is my favorite movie. That's
0: kind of a cool decision to make.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I I wouldn't say it is still my favorite movie, but... Had you seen it before high school, did you say? Many times.
2: But you just decided all of a sudden that it was your favorite.
1: Yeah. See, I feel like this this is a running theme on the podcast where... I experienced something, don't care about it, and then experience it later in life, and now it's very meaningful to me. And something about being in high school, facing the end of childhood, I was like, ah, Wizard of Oz, that says something to me.
0: Hmm. hmm. Facing the end of childhood.
1: Stop trying to act like my therapist, both of you just like, hmm. <laughs> And how do you feel about that? <laughs> Let's expand on that together. And how did your mother call yeah. that?
0: <laughs> That's not what they ask.
2: <laughs> well, it depends.
0: They're a lot more subtle than that,
2: right?
1: These days. <laughs> and
0: how does this relate to your penis envy?
1: How did you know I had that at the Rorschach test? <laughs> yeah. What's this penis? Every single thing.
0: It's a penis and I'm jealous. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's a penis. How do you feel jealous? <laughs> if that's how psychology worked, I
2: might believe that Freud knew what he was talking about. <laughs> I have a psychology degree. I'm telling you how it works. <laughs>
1: Just take my word for it.
2: Theo. Yes. Tell us your Wizard of Oz experience.
0: Um, I feel like, hmm, let me tell you my Wizard of Oz experience.
1: He couldn't have predicted we were going to ask him this, so just give him a minute. He does not like, being put on the spot. I know. (laughs) We talked about
2: it, too.
0: (laughs) I don't remember seeing the movie. I know I have seen it, but I don't remember when I saw it. I remember all the cliches that get brought up over and over, like all the references and everything. But I couldn't tell you, (laughs) scene by scene, what happens. You know, my nickname is Tin Man.
1: (laughs) why are you called Tin Man?
0: Why am I called Tin Man? It's just what the- Yeah, just the, go
1: ahead and give it to us up front. Don't make us wait till the end.
0: Well, I work at a place where there are people who do video stuff, and they call me Tin Man because they say I'm the producer, so I'm the Tin Man.
1: They say I'm the producer, so I am the Tin Man. That's
0: not My job title is not producer, but for some reason, this one guy keeps saying, you're the producer. You got a cold heart. You're Tin Man.
1: Is that what producers have? They have cold hearts?
0: I guess you got to be a cold SOB to be a producer.
1: Well, the Tin Man doesn't have any heart. Oh. You're Dick Cheney. <gasps>
0: Gosh, I wish I had these great comebacks that you have because I could have told him that right then and there.
1: Just saying, okay,
2: Dick Cheney.
0: <laughs> Actually, I would prefer the nickname Dick Cheney as the producer.
1: What a great comeback! <laughs> Actually, I would prefer the nickname Tin Dick. Whoa, Dick Man. Tin Dick. Dick Man. <laughs> Tin Cheney and Dick Man. <laughs> Two worst superheroes. <laughs> I think we kind of represent three completely different sides of the experience so I feel like every listener must identify with one of us like there's probably a lot of (laughs) listeners who are like I know the tropes but I don't really remember the story that well Mm -hmm. and there's some that have never read the book and only seen the movie like me and then there's some who are true fans of the book and don't like the movie as much and neither of you have read the book before is that right? Nope, I just read the first six chapters like an hour ago.
0: I didn't know it was a book, honestly.
1: Well, thanks for being honest.
0: (laughs) But that's just me.
1: The weird thing is, though, I feel like I know a ton of Wizard of Oz facts. Like, the way that he came up with the name Oz was he had a filing cabinet in his office, and it said A to N and O to Z, so he said, eh, Oz. The introduction that L. Frank Baum wrote in uh, April of 1900 says that he basically thought that fairy tales were too scary and often had sad things in them. So he wanted to write a modern fairy tale in which, quote, the wonderment and joy are retained and the heartaches and nightmares are left out. I patently disagree with this. This is just, can I patently disagree? It's patently false, and I disagree with it patently. The heartaches and nightmares are left out. Like, the Wizard of Oz is scary. It involves a tornado sucking up a girl and depositing her among strangers. Mm. He didn't always know what he was talking about. The other thing that I... I, Well, I
0: do think that he does have a leg up, because the the original fairy tale people, the Brothers Grimm, like, come on, they have names that sound horrifying.
1: (laughs) So the fact that his name is Bomb makes him less scary. You can't say it in an airport, that's for sure. Right. L. Frank Baum's grandson is a neurosurgeon in New York. You can go to Dr. Baum if you want.
0: What do his other relatives do?
1: Oh, they're all dead. (laughs) They're not
2: all dead, surely. (laughs) Actually, I know what two of them did, which you're not gonna like. They apologized to the Sioux Nation for his horrifying call for genocide jesus rachel rachel always has to make it a bummer (laughs) right off the bat after sitting bull was killed he wrote his first editorial calling for genocide where he said like this was the last good indian and now that he's dead we should just kill all of them because they've been totally emasculated and this will preserve their memory of how great they used to be. So let's just kill them all. And then he wrote another one later that was like, we have done, this was after a so-called massacre by the Native Americans had taken place. And he was like, the U.S. has done so many bad things to the Native Americans that they will never be able to forgive us and they will always want revenge.
1: Therefore, we should kill all of them. Just go ahead and do it. This is just like the end of The Crucible. They're like, well, we already killed all these other people, so we can't just let a bunch of them go.
2: And at the end, he had a quote that was something like, a friend of mine back East said that when the U.S. wins a battle, it's called a victory. And when the Indians win a battle, it's called a massacre. Which the thing is... I have seen a couple scholars say that it seems like he may have been doing a kind of Swiftian, modest proposal type thing. Huh, how funny. Well, it's not supposed to be funny. It's supposed to, like, satire is not just supposed to be funny. It's supposed to say, like, look how absurd. Yeah. It's supposed to highlight the ills and... I have no idea. I'm going to do a little more research into it before the next episode, but regardless... That sucks (laughs) that he said those things really bad. (laughs) But, I mean, if you want to hear a little bit about his, um, the other parts of his life, everything (laughs) else was okay.
1: Man, can you imagine if you tried to write like an Onion article or some other piece of satire and you just did it so badly that, you know, for decades and even, you know, more than a century after your death, people are still saying, remember when Theo called for the genocide of that entire group? just cuz no one got your sarcasm.
0: Why'd you pick me?
1: Yeah, why'd
2: you because you haven't been talking. This is a way to get you going.
0: Uh, this is a way to bring me into the conversation. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I just wanted to to just sort of you.
0: suggest I would be the one mm-hmm. to wish genocide upon some people. Okay.
2: Well, ironically here's a couple interesting things. He grew up in New York. He had a pretty big family that had quite a bit of money. And when he was a little kid, he was very sickly. He ended up going to a military academy for a couple years and he was so miserable. He was constantly daydreaming and he hated it there. And one time he got yelled at for daydreaming and he was so upset that he got yelled at that he had a heart attack <laughs> and
1: then he got to leave the school wait how do they know how could they have proved that back then
2: that's that's what it's thought because the description of what happened They think that he had a heart attack from being yelled at. So he got to leave the military academy. When he got older, he became a playwright and he did some acting and he was not successful. He ended up marrying a woman whose mother was a very famous feminist. And you can see some of that. You can see some of the early feminism in a lot of his later books apart from his calls for genocide, he was like decently progressive. Other
1: than that. <laughs>
2: uh, yeah. You no, know,
1: We've all got a flaw.
2: Yeah. So he and his wife, they ended up moving out West and he tried opening a store, but he kept letting people buy things on credit. So he went out of business very quickly. Then he worked for a newspaper and he and his wife started a newspaper. Then they moved somewhere else and started another newspaper and he got into publishing and he wrote children's books. Mm-hmm. And that's where this came from. And he still wanted to be involved Involved in the theater. It seems like his whole life he just loved the theater. He based his description on Kansas from, I guess, how miserable he was living in the Midwest with his wife when they first moved out there.
1: I can understand why he'd want to write a, a kid's story that's not scary because we know what happens when he gets spooked.
2: <laughs> he wanted to take romance out of kids' books, not because he was like, ooh icky, gross, but because he said, like, little kids don't care about romance. They care about cool stuff happening, which is definitely true. So there's almost... That's th- the
0: quote, cool stuff?
2: Yeah. <laughs> they Little kids love dope shit. <laughs> little <laughs> kids vibe cool stuff. shit. Yeah. That's uh, why there's almost no romance in any of the Oz books. And there's like six or something that he himself wrote. And then after he died, you know, 30-ish more were written. (laughs) So this is quite different from the movie in a lot of ways. Like everybody knows the slippers are silver instead of red. If you know anything about the difference between the book and the movie, that's normally the number one thing. Also, Dorothy is much younger in the book. She's a little girl. There's none of this BS about the people she meets actually
1: being people who work on the farm or whatever. They're just their own people. The picture of the farm that I had in my head had, like, trees and roads and other houses nearby, and they're in a one-room house on a desolate prairie.
2: Yeah, everything's wow. great. The, the opening chapter is actually, like, extremely poignant. <laughs> very, very much so.
1: He wanted to write this heartache-free story, but the first chapter is called The Cyclone, and it basically says, Dorothy was an orphan, and she got sent to live with Uncle Henry and Aunt Em. Everything is gray. The house is gray. The prairie is gray. Even the grass gets gray. Yeah, Aunt Em used to be beautiful, but now she's gray, and she doesn't smile, and then uh, Uncle Henry has, like, never smiled in his life, and the only thing that's not gray is Toto the dog. They say that
2: when Dorothy first arrived on the farm, every time Dorothy laughed— her aunt was so startled that she would scream and put her hand on her heart. Really? Because nobody ever laughs there. It's just such a terrible
1: gray place. Well maybe for L. Frank Baum this wasn't really that interesting because to him like everybody's on the verge of a heart attack all the time. I'm gonna roast him for that endlessly. <laughs> roast it. Like can you imagine hearing a girl laugh and go ah!
2: That just makes me so sad for her. It talks about how when she came to the farm she was like a beautiful bride with sparkling eyes and now all the color has been sucked out of her. And she's gray
1: like everything else. Yeah. It says Uncle Henry never laughed. He worked hard from morning till night and did not know what joy was.
2: Yeah. Why did they move to Kansas? It sounds bad. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the only
2: reason Dorothy isn't gray is because she has Toto mm. and he is black. And has sparkling little eyes and plays all day long. So she plays with him all day and laughs and she doesn't turn
1: gray. But on this particular day, they are not playing because the sky, which is normally gray, is very gray. It's extreme gray. <laughs> it's grayer than usual. <laughs> so they have this one room house with, I think, like a dirt floor. And then they have just like a hole in the ground that they go into whenever there's a tornado. It's not a real cellar. It's just like a, a hole that's dug in the ground. Yeah,
2: should they call it a cyclone cellar, I think.
1: So they see the, the tornado coming and they say, run for for the cellar but Toto runs under the bed and Dorothy doesn't want to go to the cellar without him so she goes to get him Uh. but before she can reach him and climb back down into the cellar the house is lifted up and Frank Baum did a great job of explaining the meteorology of a cyclone
2: he makes it sound plausible (laughs) yeah he
1: does (laughs) he says well here's what happens the north and the south winds meet and then there's the exact center of the cyclone which is actually very still but there's a lot of pressure coming up on the sides and that way you can carry things to the top and I'm like okay yeah the
2: pressure lifted the
1: house up <laughs> okay greg fish what are you doing here whoa that's a north carolina joke for you yeah guys.
0: local reference
2: there's something funny which is once the house is in the air she gets bored well yeah she does get bored because she's up there so long but also at one point <laughs> T- toto falls down the open trap door and she's so scared but she peeks over and you saw the photo it says she saw one of his ears poking up through the hole and and the air pressure was keeping him lifted up. <laughs> Why did that have to happen?
1: Wow. Like we already know the air pressure is really great cuz it's lifting the whole damn house up in the it's air. It's cool.
2: <laughs> Kids like cool stuff. If I was Dorothy, I've always thought this, I would also jump down the hole. Really? What? So that I would float. You just float right there. I would jump down. I would probably lower myself down.
0: She's already bored. And then she's just gonna jump out there and just float for longer and be even more bored. <laughs> what,
1: you wouldn't be more bored, you'd be less bored. That's exciting. At least in the house you can finish washing the dishes that Auntie M had to drop. That's true. <laughs> it says hour after hour passed away and slowly Dorothy got over her fright and she just yeah, she got bored and she lays down on the on the bed and goes to sleep. Yep. She's just like this house is taking forever. She and Toto <laughs> just take a nap.
0: <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> Never
1: mind that like probably everyone else is dead, right? Like
0: that's what fantasy should all always be don't you think
1: people get bored and fall asleep
0: (laughs) yeah like the main characters get bored by the fantasy all the time
1: so that was the first chapter that's it um they go really quick chapter two is called the council with the munchkins yeah fan favorites audience favorites now did the word munchkin exist prior to this or did he make
2: it up it must have existed is
0: it a german word
2: munch i'll look it up yeah it just means
1: someone from munich
2: (laughs) munchkins uh oh, uh oh. Oh gosh. It looks like he may have made it up, Jackie. Look at that. Little Jackie got something <gasps> right.
1: Oh, oh what? yeah. What?
2: That's crazy. Wow. He probably got it from the Scottish word muchkin, which is a measure of capacity for liquids. But it says <laughs> some bomb scholars see a possible inspiration in Münchner Kindle, the name of the emblem of the city of Munich. God. Or in German, Mannchen, literally little man. Pretty good at this, huh? You just bs your way right into the right answer. L. <laughs> Baum is also
1: responsible for everyone being called a munchkin.
2: I've got a newfound respect for him. But then I just remembered the call for genocide and I lost that
1: respect. <laughs> <laughs> just forget about it, Rachel. <sighs> so this is pretty much the same as the movie. The house gets uh, plopped down and she wakes up and looks outside and now everything's in color.
2: Everything's green and beautiful outside and yeah she's just loving it. There's trees with fruit there are birds singing
1: a little brook the interesting thing about the movie is that it was the first film ever to have any portion of it shot in color and it's interesting that they picked this book to do that because this book literally starts out with everything gray and then moves into color what other book does that
0: that is very cool i think that is a wrong fact
1: yeah, I think that's a rumor. No, I always read that growing up. It was one of the first ones, but yeah. It would
0: have been so amazing, though, if that was the first one and they had this brilliant idea of having the color come in.
1: Well, what was the first movie ever shot in color then?
0: Uh, looks like Rush Hour 2.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay,
2: so I can tell you. It says that Thomas Edison did hand-painted movies oh crap! in 1895 accounts
0: that that's not shot in color though
2: like the first motion picture in natural color was called a visit to the seaside which was an eight minute British short film okay this is a movie and then the first feature-length silent drama using the same technique was the world the flesh and the devil
1: okay what about the first one that's full length and isn't silent.
0: And is called The Wizard of Oz.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What was the first one called The Wizard of Oz? It definitely
2: wasn't the first. A lot of people think it was the first because it had such a huge effect on the industry.
1: So a lot of people think it was the first because I keep telling everybody that. <laughs> yeah. But I do think you're
0: right. That must have been why they did it that way. That is described as gray in the book.
1: Yep. Yeah.
2: I wouldn't be surprised if that's why they thought this would be an amazing movie, which at the time, yeah, but for me, not interested. I see colors all the time. Come on, rage.
1: I do. There's another interesting difference coming. So she sets down on the ground and looks outside. Everything's all colorful and full of flowers and this group of people comes over to her which of course is the munchkins and it's Three little guys and a woman, all dressed in blue. Apparently they love everything blue. Yes. It's the favorite color of the north. Their favorite color.
2: (laughs) Yeah.
0: Every munchkin has the same favorite color.
1: Yeah, they say it's the favorite color of munchkin land. All their houses are painted blue. Well, there's like four lands. There's the north, the east, the south, and the west, and I guess they all have different colors, but we don't get to know what those are.
0: Here's something I have to say is every time someone asks me what my favorite color is, my mind goes blank. I have no favorite color. I can't answer the question. It's horrible. It's traumatizing.
2: You wish that there was one color that all Americans liked. Yeah,
0: so if anybody asked me, I could just say,
1: "Oh, I'm American, so
0: The beloved American color, <laughs> the blue."
1: You know how states have like the state bird and the state, you know, flower and stuff. Is there a state color? Uh, there
2: should be.
0: Has to
1: be.
2: And then Theo could just adopt that of whatever state he's in.
0: Can we have a podcast color?
1: Uh, blue. Uh, it's orange. <laughs> What? what? <laughs> Isn't it blue and orange? It's blue and orange. Everything we do is blue and orange. Oh. Don't you think? Okay. It's
2: probably blue and orange.
0: Probably blue and orange, yeah. What's our podcast bird?
2: What's a blue and orange <laughs> bird? <laughs>
0: uh, the bluebird.
2: Has to be something tropical, right? I'll look it up real quick.
0: The bluebird is fairly orange.
2: <laughs> is it?
0: Yeah. Doesn't it have a an orange tummy?
2: Uh, oh, I found a blue and orange bird.
0: Okay. Look at Damn. the bluebird.
2: Eastern bluebird. <laughs> that is orange. What? I mean, it has an orange tummy. That is the most orange
1: blue I've ever seen.
2: There's also a blue-fronted red start. What?
1: (laughs) I think whoever names birds must just be all fucking with us. Like, who came up with all of these bird names? Someone called a bird a tit?
0: What names do you want them to have? Yeah,
1: why don't you rename them all? You
0: want them to be called, like, Jackie? I
1: don't know. They could just name it, like... So anyway, we get back to the book. Um, The Munchkins find out our- That
0: was amazing narration of our podcast. The (laughs) game gets back to the book and (laughs) begins discussing the plot.
1: We find out that the Munchkins are very chill with murder. Super chill. Really?
2: Well, they're happy about it, in fact. The witch says, like, thanks for killing this wicked witch
1: of the East. Ah. And Dorothy's like, what are you talking about? I've never killed anybody in my life. She says, I'm just a little girl. (laughs) I didn't kill anyone. Classic murder excuse. What, me? I'm just a little girl <laughs> she says you are very kind but there must be some mistake i have not killed anything thank you so much for saying that i killed something giving me that credit oh you're mistaken <laughs> yeah. you're so nice but no i didn't kill anything <laughs> how
2: nice of you to say that i'm a murderer
1: <laughs> but i can't take the credit <laughs> and so the little old woman who ends up being the witch says well your house did it and that's the same thing yeah okay Really?
0: What? Yep. Like, no, she was just asleep and bored. She didn't know what her house is doing. <laughs>
1: yeah, so like what if a shingle falls off my roof and strikes someone and- Same thing. You're a murderess now. Thank you very much. Doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. So Dorothy looks out and sees the, the feet sticking out from under the house and she's like, oh my God, what do we do? And they're just like, there's nothing to be done.
2: Yeah, but so Dorothy's <laughs> really upset about it at first, but they say like, no, she was- Evil. She kept all the munchkins of the land in bondage, and now you have set them free. You should go ahead and take the shoes. And this old woman tells her, Oh, I'm the witch of the north. And Dorothy freaks out a little bit because she says, My aunt said there aren't any witches, aren't all witches evil? Blah, blah, blah. The witch explains, There are four witches here. North and south are good, east and west are bad. I was less powerful than the witch of the east, or I would have set the munchkins free myself. So thank you very much. Dorothy says, like, well, I live in Kansas and we don't have any witches. And the witch of the North says, I've never heard of Kansas before, but if it's a civilized place, that explains it because there aren't any witches and wizards anymore in civilized lands. But we are totally cut off from the outside world,
1: so we still have them. Dorothy doesn't even say we, do- we don't have them there. She said, I thought they were all killed a long time ago. Oh, yeah, they're all killed. <laughs>
0: She's referring to Salem?
1: I kind of doubt
2: it.
0: Is this a sequel to The Crucible?
2: It seems like it's set in the same universe, right? No, the
1: (laughs) the Crucible would be a prequel because it was written after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. An unauthorized prequel. But Salem happened before. Right. (laughs) During what conversation do you think Dorothy and Annam sat down and Annam was like, Dorothy, the witches are all dead. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They used to be evil, but we've killed them all. So you don't have to be afraid anymore.
0: At some point, every parent has to have the talk with their kids.
2: (laughs) The talk.
0: (laughs) About the witches.
1: Look, Dorothy, it's fine. Your Uncle Henry killed all the witches and that's why he doesn't know what joy. Is. <laughs> so she
2: tells her there there is one great wizard named Oz who's more powerful than all of us put together and he lives in the Emerald Excuse me, and he lives in the Emerald City. <laughs> <Yeah>. Emerald
1: Isle. <laughs> Rachel's from Emerald Isle.
2: Yes. Uh, uh, a little bit of doxing there, but okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Just a gentle doxing.
2: What's a small doxing between
1: friends? We said I'm from Bun. It's much easier you to settle. It, it down. From, no, you said that on the Lindsay Kelk episode. No,
2: after you said it many times.
1: No. Mm, I didn't say it first.
2: Oh, I'm going to have to go back and listen to all of our episodes and prove it.
1: Do it.
0: Jackie, you told us like 10 years ago that you're from Bun. <laughs> um, here's my thought. Should we say? that he's from the OZ
1: yeah that's what all the cool kids call it that, that mid-aughts TV show that was on the WC or whatever the WB the WB the WC is a water closet <laughs> <The WC. laughs> you know back in Bum we used to go out to the outhouse and just watch the OZ <laughs> we didn't have any real TV shows we just had illustrations pinned up on the wall
0: you were able to do it between your vulture attacks <laughs>
1: Like, quick, guys, we can go out to the, the outhouse now. The vultures are away for a minute. <laughs> Everybody make a run for them.
0: Wow, we should totally make a whole myth around Bun as this vulture-infested hellscape.
1: You don't have to make a myth around it. <laughs> yeah. It is a vulture-infested hellscape. No. If you if you want to get that reference, go back and listen to the Lindsay Kelk episode because you'll-
2: You'll get the reference.
1: <laughs> Find out that my hometown is beset by buzzards. Yeah. Well, you
2: just told them. Now they don't have to listen.
1: No, wait. There's more to it.
2: Okay, good. Thanks for saying that. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Okay.
2: Mm-hmm. They look over and the witch's body has totally disappeared. Oops. The good witch of the North says she was so old that she just shriveled up in the sun.
1: Yeah, everybody laughs and laughs and says, ha 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 ha, she just dried up in the sun. It's great. That's the end of her. Here's your shoes. And then she gives them to Dorothy. But first she shakes the dust out of them. First she shakes the cremated bits of the witch out of the shoes and just goes, here you go, Dorothy. Nice. Smart.
2: She's a practical, practical witch. This <laughs> bit is basically exactly like the movie. This is where she explains, like, if you want to go back to Kansas, you're going to have to talk to the wizard because there's no way to escape Oz. You know, like, there's a desert over here. There's a desert over there. Like, we're locked on all sides but he might be able to help you Mm. but in the book instead of just saying that she should see the wizard the witch does a little magic where she balances her hat on her nose and then the hat turns into a slate a little chalkboard (laughs) a little chalkboard and on the chalkboard is written let dorothy go to the city of emeralds and then she's like oh you should see the wizard I just told you about a couple minutes ago. He might be able to help.
1: <laughs> I never would have thought of that without turning my hat into a chalkboard. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so then Dorothy says, who is a, again, a little girl says, can not she go with me? And the witch goes, nope, can't do that. But I will kiss you. And he, she kisses her on the forehead and says, nobody's going to hurt you now that you have my kiss. Why can't you go with her? What are you, what do you have to do?
2: She's the witch of the North. She can't go to the middle of the country. She can't physically leave? I don't know. She's got duties that she has to deal with, I think.
0: She has duties? She wasn't doing much before. She
2: just wasn't powerful enough. Now she's got a lot of things to do. This is an entire land that was just liberated from slavery, and you think she needs to walk one little girl to a wizard? Come on. She doesn't have to walk? They could probably do all kinds of magic. (laughs) She could turn things into chalkboards, I guess. (laughs) Where she kisses Dorothy on the head, it turns into a shining mark that people
1: can see, so they know not to mess with her and she forgot to bring like her oil blotters with her so it's real embarrassing
2: then the witch disappears and it says that toto freaks out about it but dorothy expected her to disappear since she's a witch
1: that's what witches do so it says she was fine with it (laughs) well my aunt did tell me you guys all died but i know what to what to expect now
2: (laughs) so chapter three is called how dorothy saved the
1: scarecrow which jackie you want to talk about this i don't know how this differs from the movie if at all yeah, this doesn't happen in the movie, because it, it's just her getting hungry, and she goes to the cupboard and, and gets some bread and eats it with butter, and I was like, mmm, butter time.
2: What cupboard? In the house that she fell in. Really? Yeah, she goes back into the house. She goes back? Into- <laughs> she goes back in. She gets all the food from the house and puts it in a basket. She picks some fruit
1: and puts it in a basket. But it's only, it's only bread. All she has is bread, and then there's some fruit on the trees. And
2: she also changes into her nice dress, which is blue and white checked, Aww. and puts on on the silver shoes because she thinks well these are made out of metal so they won't wear
1: down on this long trip and then she closes the door and locks it so that i guess no none of the munchkins get in and steal her yeah. nothing <laughs> there's nothing in there like no wonder they're all gray they do, they only eat bread that's all they have i don't want any of these troublemakers getting in here she's a
2: smart little thing though very practical i like her
0: How heavy do you think silver shoes would be?
2: It depends how thin they are, right? But these must be magic silver shoes. Also,
1: she's a little girl, so she has teeny feets.
2: Yeah, teeny feets.
0: But they were the witch's feets before.
2: Uh, They just magically fit her. (laughs) You don't buy
1: that? (laughs) That's where you draw the line? Typical man doesn't understand (laughs) magical articles of clothing. Yeah. (laughs) It's like the the sisterhood of the traveling pants, but... Mm With shoes. And And murder. (laughs) Instead of sisters, it's a witch and a little girl and murder and and dust. Yeah.
0: And intrigue.
1: It's like every time Blake Lively and the others switch off the pants, it's like gotta shake the dust out from the previous one.
2: She walks through Munchkinland and we see that all of the houses are round with a giant dome for a roof and they're all painted blue. And she eventually finds a larger-than-usual munchkin house where there's a party outside. She, like, talks to them and they say, Oh, thanks for killing the witch. You should come in and party with us and have some food and you can stay here tonight. She does and she meets a munchkin, a wealthy munchkin named Bok, who says to her that she has to be a great sorceress because, one, she killed the witch, and two... Her dress has white on it, and
1: only witches wear white. He says it's nice of you to wear it because it's blue, which is our color, and white, which is the witch color.
2: So it tells everyone that you're a witch who's a friend to Munchkins.
0: She's having all kinds of good luck. I know.
2: We find out there are no dogs in Oz because all the Munchkins are fascinated by Toto. They really like him.
0: So there's no lollipop guild?
2: (laughs) There's no lollipop guild.
0: Is there any candy at all?
2: No. They're just normal
1: people. They're just small and they like to wear blue.
0: Are there any guilds at all?
1: <laughs> Dorothy eats a hearty breakfast and she plays with a little munchkin baby. So that's very cute. Mm-hmm. And she keeps asking people, how far is it to the Emerald City? What do I do on the way? And they're just like, we don't know.
2: Mm-hmm. Never been. I hear it's real scary.
1: <laughs> Can't go yeah. with you. Good luck. They don't even like give her any food to take with her. She just still has her bread. I bet she could, they would have if she asked, but she just didn't ask.
0: <laughs> you think
2: so? She's fine. She's self-reliant. Yeah. You think if she asked... After liberating them from bondage, they would have said, Mm-mm. What
0: have you done for us lately? <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, sure you did that yesterday,
1: but today? <laughs> yeah. Well if she asked, they'd be like, What the heck kind of great sorceress has to beg us for food? You not a sorceress. And you wear white. That's what they'd say. <laughs> white wearer <laughs> Nice. <laughs> White whatever. I have to do that sometime. Save me one. You keep forgetting. <laughs> so this is the point. She walks a few miles in her metal shoes, and then she sees the scarecrow, and she just sits there and looks at him, which is lucky, because she could have just walked by him like everything else that she walked yep. by. <laughs> so this tells me, like, what if she had sat and looked down, looked at anything else? Would it also have, like, become her friend? <laughs> Probably. <Yeah. laughs> like, the first thing she looks at happens to come to life. So she says, huh, that just looks like a little munchkin man, and then she she sees one of his eyes wink at her, and this is the point at which I would have shit my pants and gone right back to the house, but nope. So when you would have had a heart attack. <laughs> this is when I would have had Doesn't a heart attack. Doesn't
2: she say, I don't think... Scarecrow's wink back in Kansas but I don't know
1: (laughs) this is the great thing about being a little girl like you're not sure what's scary yeah (laughs) the only reason this book is free of nightmares is because and I'm gonna harp on that forever is that Dorothy doesn't she's too young to know (laughs) that it's scary well she's only ever seen like gray flat things so yeah
0: isn't it funny in 2021 I think any person or anything winking at you is a little creepy (laughs) right so I I would have known that Scarecrow is creepy
2: (laughs) just from the wink
0: yeah yeah, right? So if
2: he just said like, oh, hey, Theo, you would you would be fine with it. But if he winked at you, you would scream.
0: Um, you think he would just say, oh, hey, Theo?
1: Or hey. <laughs> well, of course,
0: I'd be creeped out if he knew my name. Yeah, if he just said hey. Hey,
1: you there, Tin Man. <laughs> hey, Tin Man. <laughs> yeah, that would be so
0: confusing when you meet the real Tin Man.
1: Ugh. Yeah, no, I mean, there's nothing that can wink at you that won't be freaky.
0: <laughs> can I say? Yeah. Can I say that? Say it. I think the three of us would make excellent companions to a journeyer. You know what I mean?
1: <gasps> which of us has no brain, which has no heart? Well, Theo's the tin man.
0: Oh yeah. Well, I'm glad that's already decided for me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You, you put him on the spot. <laughs> I'm the scarecrow and I guess Rachel's the cowardly lion. I'm the
2: cowardly lion.
1: We all know that it's not you who doesn't have brains.
2: I don't think I'm a coward or heartless. I think I'm great. I'm Dorothy. (laughs) All
0: right. Okay. Jackie is the lion and the tin man. (laughs) Hey. And the the tin
1: man. And the the scarecrow. scarecrow. No, I can't just be all three. (laughs) Well, that means that I have a heart and brains and courage.
0: Uh, Eventually.
1: Well, no. Between the three of them, one of them has each of those things. Oh.
0: (laughs) But you don't have quite as many as you should.
1: (laughs) In fact, if you're two or three of them, that's way better than just being one. She got us. I got him. She really got us.
2: (laughs) So I'm Dorothy,
1: Theo's Toto, and you're the lion, the Scarecrow. Oh, I'm
0: obviously Oz, the wizard of Oz.
1: Because you're behind the curtain. Yeah, he is sitting behind some curtains and it's green. And you're a fraud. <laughs> oh
0: crap. I'm I'm pre-fraud Oz.
1: Pre-Fraud Oz. I'm pre-fraud Oz. Just this whole thing is creepy. It's creepy. She he winks at her and then she goes, How are you? And he goes, and he smiles and he goes, I'm fine hurts real bad being up on this pole, though. Sure wish a little girl would get me down. No, okay, she that says, is not what he girl? says. No, okay.
2: <laughs> she sees the scarecrow, and he says, hello, and she says, did you speak? And he says, yes, how do you do? She says, I'm fine, how about you? And then he says... I'm not feeling very well because it's very bored being up here all the time, just scaring away crows. It's
1: very bored? It's very boring. (laughs) And she was like, yeah, well, try being stuck inside of a tornado. That was boring.
2: (laughs) She says, can't you get down? And he says, no, because I'm stuck on this pole. If you take it away from my back, then I'll be good to go. So she lifts him up
1: and sets him down. And he's like, hooray, thank you.
0: And then he steals her wallet and runs.
1: (laughs) (laughs) If you come across a man who's like intentionally trapped somewhere don't set him free because he's trapped for a reason he's a
2: scarecrow we know why he's trapped it's not like he committed a crime we know what he's doing there I don't
1: know.
0: he's kind of a winker
1: well that's saying we know why the scarecrow is trapped then don't untrap him because scarecrows are that's their natural state
2: hmm. he goes on to explain that he wasn't even able to scare away crows so it's fine But they talk. She explains to the Scarecrow she's going to go to Oz, the great wizard, to send her home. And the Scarecrow says, then, do you think he could give me some brains? And Dorothy says, well, (laughs) let's find out. Because if he can't give you brains, you're no worse off than you are now.
0: He doesn't want a brain. He wants some brains. No, they always
2: (laughs) say brains.
1: Yeah. Give me some brains. Like a bucket of them. (laughs) Ooh, Yeah, maybe he is a creep. (laughs) And they talk about how every time they come to like a hole in the yellow brick road, Dorothy walks around it and the scarecrow every time just falls right in it. (laughs) She pulls him out. Yeah, because he's too dumb to realize. But it's great because he can't get hurt.
0: Because he doesn't have a brain, he can't get hurt.
2: Well, because he's made out of straw. He says he can't feel any pain, but he doesn't like it if people call him a fool.
1: That's why he wants a brain. He says it's a terrible feeling knowing that you're a fool. Yep, that's poignant because most fools don't know they're fools. So maybe he's pretty smart.
2: He says there's one thing he's afraid of. And Dorothy asks, is it the munchkin farmer who made you? And he says, no,
1: it's a lighted match. And that's the end of the chapter. (laughs) Chapter four is called The Lighted Match. (laughs) (laughs) It's
0: called The Scarecrow Burns. (laughs) So he's too stupid to realize that he shouldn't fall in holes. Yeah. But then.
1: He's smart enough to know what a brain is.
0: And to know he should be scared of matches. It seems like he just doesn't know this one thing. Like maybe he just needs education (laughs) on a brain.
1: He just needs someone to say, you should go around holes. Well, it seems like his problem is he actually has no fear. Like he has that one fear, but otherwise he literally doesn't care. Yeah, he says the reason he keeps falling in is because he can't feel
2: pain. So it seems like he thinks the only reason people don't fall in holes is because it
1: hurts. (laughs) So he's just wrong. Yeah, like isn't it just taking you a lot of time? Because then she has to pick you up and put all your straw back in and everything. And she's like, look, Scarecrow, I know you can't feel pain, but this is not a fun activity (laughs) for either of us. Just walk around it. So chapter four is called The Road Through the Forest the road becomes very rough and the bricks start being missing and so he's always falling down. He keeps falling more and more. <laughs> she takes out some bread and starts to eat and she offers to give some to him and he says, I'm never hungry and it's a good thing because uh, my mouth isn't real. It's only painted and if you did cut my mouth open so I could eat my straw would fall out and my head would be ruined.
2: Yeah. I
1: didn't ask for all that. He could have just said, no thanks, I don't need food. He's explaining. Yeah, well I don't want to think about the straw falling out and it says the shape of my head would be spoiled. It's good
2: that he doesn't eat, she thinks, because there There's a lot less fruit on the trees. Now they're leaving farm country and kind of heading into the woods. Mm -hmm. There's some funny like dunks on Kansas that happen. She tells him how everything was gray and nothing was there. And he says, I don't know why you would want to leave this beautiful country and go back to the dry gray place you call Kansas. She says, that's because you have no brains. No matter how dreary and gray our homes are, We people of flesh and blood would rather live there than any other country. There's no place like home.
1: No, she she doesn't have any brains. Stay in Oz.
2: (laughs) The Scarecrow says, it's fortunate for Kansas that you have brains, because if your head was stuffed with straw, you would probably live in a beautiful place, and then Kansas would have no people at all. (laughs) That's such a good singer.
1: (laughs) So it turns out that um, he was only made the day before yesterday, so he's been on the pole for, you know, 48 hours or so. So he talks about how the farmer made him, and he painted the ears first, and then he could hear, and then he painted an eye, and he could see a little bit, and then he said, let's make the other eye bigger, and then he was like, you <laughs> can see really well then. <laughs> the better for winking with. Mm-hmm. So he has crooked ears, and one eye that's bigger than another.
2: At first, they're scared, but then one old crow realizes oh he's just a straw guy who can't do anything and so that crow starts hanging out and just eating whatever it wants and then all the other crows come back and then the scarecrow feels bad that he's not even able to scare crows away and the crow tells him and the crow comforts him
1: (laughs) he says if only you had some brains you'd be as good a man as any of them and a better man than some of them brains are the only things worth having in this world no matter whether one is a crow or a man. I don't know. I mean, if the, if the crow really wanted to console him, like, couldn't he have just eaten the corn somewhere else? Uh,
2: I don't think he cared that much. But anyway, so it's becoming night and Dorothy says, uh, we need to find a house to sleep because it's uncomfortable for me to walk in the dark. So they find a little cottage made out of logs and branches. They go in, no one's there, and Dorothy finds a bed of dried leaves in the corner and she and Toto fall asleep. But the scarecrow, because he can't sleep, stood up in another corner and waited patiently until
1: morning came. So she found the strange man, went to sleep, and had him just stand over her, smiling with his lopsided eyes at her all night long. He can't stop smiling. That's
2: not, it's not (laughs) that he's doing the expression.
1: It's creepy. No. Being the scarecrow sounds amazing. Why would I want a brain? He doesn't have to eat. He doesn't have to sleep. He feels no pain. And yet he can walk around and talk. And he has, like, a good amount of logic. And he has fun. And he's always happy. Give me, sign me up. That's true. I aspire to be the Scarecrow. <laughs> Maybe that's why I had that dream that I gave my brain away. You thought it was a nightmare,
2: but it was a fantasy.
1: <laughs> Apparently.
2: <laughs> chapter five is called The Rescue of the Tin Woodman. Tin Woodman.
0: Tin Woodman?
2: Yeah. Tim Woodman. He's, he's a Tin Woodman. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you sound doubtful.
0: Woodman meaning he, like, cuts down trees or something?
2: Yep, this is Theo's chapter. Mm-hmm. So now
1: you take us away, Theo.
0: Okay, so... When Dorothy awoke,
1: mm-hmm.
0: the Scarecrow had ripped his eyes out so that he could sleep.
1: You got the first four words of the chapter correct, actually. Yeah, you actually really? When Dorothy awoke, the... <laughs> That's actually kind of crazy. <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah, so she, she wakes up, and Toto has been outside running
1: around. And the Scarecrow is still standing there in the corner waiting <laughs> for
2: They go to find some water. While they're walking along, they hear a deep groan, and they go to see what it is, and they find <sighs> a man made out of tin, and it says he's standing motionless, holding an axe over his head. Dorothy says to him, did you groan? And the Tidman man says, yes, I did. I've been groaning for more than a year and no one has ever heard me before or come to help me.
0: Wow. Seems like he should try something else. Yeah,
2: I know. Although it did end up working. So he <laughs> tells them, like, please grab my oil can from the cottage, which is the one they slept in, I guess. Mm. And oil my joints. So they ask him, well, which one? And he's he has to tell them, okay, oil my neck joints.
1: <laughs> she says, where are your joints? Like, where the hell do you think they are, girl? She's a
2: little kid from Kansas. She never went to school. She doesn't know what a joint is. She never said, what is a joint? She's where are they? Exactly. She knows they're a thing. Why are you defending her? So anyway, she they oil him. The scarecrow has to, like, wiggle around his body parts to break up the rust. They say, we're going to the Emerald City to see the wizard, blah, blah, blah. He asks, could... give me a heart. She says, hey, why not? If he can give the scarecrow a brain, I'm sure he can give you a heart. So he joins the party, but he says, here, let's take my oil can can with me in case that happens again.
1: And they don't ask, why do you want a heart? You know, how are you functioning without one? They just kind of take it for granted. And she's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Let's move on. Everybody wants something. Yeah, we
2: can get you one of those. (laughs) Problem.
1: (laughs) So he says, make sure to take the oil can because if it rains, I'm going to rust again. And then that would be really bad.
2: And it turns out that ahead on the path, there's a lot of trouble. Trees and branches grown really thick, so it's good that they have the tin woodman with them because he chops it all down so they can keep walking. Mm -hmm. He actually asks the scarecrow, why do you keep falling in a hole? And the scarecrow says, it's because I don't have any brains. And the woodman says, oh, okay, I get it but brains aren't the best thing in the world.
1: <laughs> you stated it almost like the scarecrow keeps falling in the same hole. <laughs> I said, oh. I know, but like they get around one and then he just goes back and falls in it again. It's like, we've, we we made it past that one.
0: Wait, why are there so many holes?
1: Because the road is getting rough because nobody ever travels it. A lot of bricks are missing.
0: You just mean he's like tripping. His full body isn't going into a hole, right?
1: Sometimes. What? I mean, no, it's not like a pit. It's just like, yeah, so so the tin man, they're calling him the woodman actually, which is, this is very confusing. Tin Woodman. Sometimes they just call him the Woodman.
0: Ten Woodman. That's going to be my pseudonym <laughs> from now on.
1: The name's Woodman tin woodman like that oiled not rusted <laughs> yeah good right yeah yeah everybody praised me so the tin woodman says is this
2: the part where you're like never mind it just got really freaky yeah <laughs> okay yeah here this comes it. audience it's about to get really freaky yeah cuz i
1: had texted rachel before and she was you know telling us like we got to read the wizard of oz it's so weird it's so weird and i was like uh up to this point it's basically like the movie so when does it get weird and then i immediately i was like never mind found it this is it yeah it's weird now <laughs> yeah it's weird now <laughs> so he says well you know brains aren't the best things in he the says world. a heart
2: is better and i know that because at one point
1: i had a heart and a brain and i would rather have a heart and now he has neither <laughs> yeah but how is he avoiding the holes then
0: um maybe the heart lures you to the holes and the brain stops
1: you from going in though huh. yeah it's like my i just want that hole
2: <laughs> jackie <laughs> yeah.
1: you are nasty <laughs> I didn't mean it nasty. You interpreted it nasty. Wait,
0: maybe Rachel has been the nasty one this whole time. Misinterpreting Jackie's innocent sentences.
2: Jackie just said there was porn of the Wizard of Oz.
1: Yeah, but I'm going to edit that out.
2: Oh, right. I forgot you're going to edit that out.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, really do because that'll be gross. Um, But leave
2: in the part where where you say you're editing out her comment. So then people know it was there.
0: Just so the audience knows, I cut out like 30 minutes of that. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> Jackie describing in detail the porn she sure exists. <laughs> do you want to tell him the Tin Woodman's freaky tale?
1: Yes, I do. It
2: is real freaky.
1: I'm going to tell it to Thea, right? Not the audience.
2: If they want to listen in, they're allowed to.
0: Audience, this is going to be a private conversation between me and Jackie. I'd prefer it if you just fast forward.
2: It's an A and (laughs) B conversation, so
1: see your way out of it, audience. Oh, gosh. It's an April May conversation, so December on out. Mm -hmm. That's what kids said in my middle school because we didn't understand months. (laughs) So he says, I had a heart and a brain and a heart is better. And the scarecrow says, why is that? And he says, I will tell you my story and then you will know. Isn't that a weird phrase? What a
2: good phrase. (laughs) It's like, well, just
1: hold on a second. Once I
2: tell you, you'll know.
1: (laughs) He says, I will tell you my story, and then you will know.
2: I will tell you the answer, and then you will know the answer. (laughs) So
1: he tells him the following story. He says, I was human once. I was born the son of a woodman who chopped down trees in the forest. And so when I grew up, I too became a woodchopper. And then my mother and father died, so I decided that instead of living alone, I would marry someone so I wouldn't be lonely. So he fell in love with this beautiful munchkin girl, and she promised to marry him as soon as he could earn enough money to build a house for her. Gold digger. (laughs) Because she wants to live in a house? (laughs) He said, enough money to build a better house for her. She already had a house. But anyway. sounds
2: like he lives in a bad house. Like, from what we saw, it was literally made of sticks and branches. Yeah, he lives
1: in that shack. What a gold digger. (laughs) (laughs) So she said, I need you to build a better house for me. But the girl lived with an old woman who basically enslaved the girl and made her do all the cooking and cleaning. So she didn't want the girl to marry anyone. The old woman went to the Wicked Witch of the East, who Dorothy has just killed with her house, and promised her two sheep and a cow if she would prevent the marriage. So the Wicked Witch of the East cast a spell on the axe that enchanted it, and then every time that the woodsman was using it to chop down trees, he would accidentally chop off another body part. So he says he accidentally chopped off his left leg, and he said, dang, this is bad, because I can't do a wood chopper job if I don't have a leg. So he went to a tinsmith and got a new tin leg. And it was great. But um, the Wicked Witch of the East was angry, and so she continued to enchant the axe, And he was chopping and he cut off his right leg, went to the tinsmith. Same thing happened with his arms. Nothing daunted. I had them replaced with tin ones.
0: Oh, gosh. It's a slippery slope.
1: (laughs) It's a slippery slope. I mean, this is a a logical fallacy, but it's coming to life. The Wicked Witch then made the axe slip and cut off my head, and I thought that was the end of me. But then the tinsmith happened to come along, just happened to be walking by, and made him a new head out of tin. So let's just stop for a second and think about this from the perspective of the tinsmith. You're walking along. Mm -hmm. You see this poor sucker that you have replaced every one of his limbs, Uh and He's been beheaded and you're like, I can fix this. Right. Get this. It's not done. He thought he had beaten the wicked witch and he worked harder than ever because he's got to build that house. Oh, my God. At this point, stop it. Like The girl can live in your shack with you, right? But he said, I little knew how cruel my enemy was. She thought of a new way to kill my love for the beautiful munchkin maiden. His axe slipped again so that it cut right through his body, splitting him in two. But alas, I now had no heart so that he lost all his love for the girl and he didn't care whether he married her or not. And he says, I suppose she's still living with that old woman being a slave waiting for me to come after her. He's
2: a ship of Theseus. Right?
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we said we said this in the Crucible, too. Yeah, they're all over the place. Should we explain that? That's my favorite paradox. Go ahead. Say it. The ship of Theseus is, you know, Theseus, great king of ancient Greece, right, had a ship, and over time, it was rotting, so they replaced board after board after board, and uh, at some point, they replaced every board, and now, is it a whole new ship? Yeah, is
2: it the same ship? If it's not the same ship, yeah. Anyway, so he said after his torso was replaced by tin, yeah, he lost all his love for the girl.
1: How do you swing an axe to down a tree and accidentally cut your own abdomen in half like literally magic like it would have had to just attack you at that point
2: (laughs) yeah basically so he says he was very proud of his shiny body and he didn't care anymore if the axe (laughs) slipped because it couldn't cut him the only problem was that his joints could rust but as long as he kept an oil can nearby he would be fine But the problem is he forgot to bring the oil can with him one day. He got stuck in a rainstorm and then he totally rusted. So for one whole year, he was stuck in the woods and he said he spent the whole time thinking about the greatest loss he had ever known and that it was the loss of his heart. He says, while I was in love. I was
1: the happiest man on earth, but no one can love who has not a heart. (laughs) While I was stuck in one position, rusted and full of metal, it turned out I wasn't happy at all. So the (laughs) difference must have been being in love.
2: (laughs) So he decides, he says, if the wizard will give him a heart, he will immediately go to the Munchkin Maiden and marry her. And she's going to be like, who the fuck? Get away
1: from me. (laughs) Like,
2: what is this? you weirdo. No,
0: he has a great body now.
2: (laughs) He's so shiny. Yeah, he's so shiny. (laughs) (laughs) It says Dorothy and the Scarecrow had had been
1: greatly interested in his story. (laughs) So again, this is the part where I was like, nope, never mind." found it, it's weird now.
0: This is amazing. I mean, do you think old uh, Bomb, do you think he was jealous of the Tin Man? For
1: being so shiny?
0: For being
1: impervious to heart attacks? (laughs) And the Scarecrow. Wait a second, we're gonna get to this on the next page.
2: The Scarecrow says, even so, I, I want brains instead because a fool wouldn't even know what to do with a heart if he had one. The Tin Woodman says, Well, I want the heart because brains alone can't make you happy. And happiness is the most important thing in the world. Dorothy kind of reveals herself as a little bit of an asshole at this point. She thinks, I don't know which one of them is right, but if I can only get back to Kansas, I don't care if the woodman has no brains and the scarecrow has no heart or if each one gets what he wants. What? <laughs> yes.
0: She can't yeah. say that.
2: She thinks it to herself. As long as I get to Kansas, I don't care if neither of you gets what you want or you both do.
1: Well, she's hangry. She says what worried her most was that the bread was nearly <laughs> gone. Oh, I so see. So
2: that's the end. So she thinks that she's glad her two companions don't need to eat anything. Because I don't care about these guys anyway. She's cold. She's practical. She's from the prairie.
0: <laughs> she has street smarts.
2: I really like this Dorothy a lot more than the movie Dorothy. I don't know how you feel, Jackie. Um, Yeah, I mean, the movie Dorothy cries a lot. The movie Dorothy is like a babe in the woods. She bothers me. This Dorothy is like eight years old. Mm-hmm. She's sturdy. She's smart. She's practical. She's got it going on.
1: Chapter six, as you might expect, is called The Cowardly Lion because now we have the, uh, what do we call this? The gang's complete.
2: The gang's all here? The gang's all here. The gang's complete. What do do we call this? The complete gang. The
1: fellowship is... Beringed. Beringed, yeah.
2: It says Dorothy and her companions have been walking through the thick wood. Dorothy and these two guys, she doesn't care about at all. <laughs> yeah. They keep hearing growls coming from the trees, and it says Dorothy's getting
1: nervous. So she shoves the, tin- the scarecrow off the path and says he doesn't feel pain. <laughs> As
2: bait, yeah. It says that Toto knew what was making the noise and he walked close to Dorothy's side and did not even bark in return. Why would Toto know anything about what's yeah. in there? <laughs> he just does. It's magic. So anyway, the tin woodman says, well, don't worry because I have my oil can and nothing can hurt the scarecrow and you have the witch's kiss on your forehead so no one will hurt you. Dorothy says, well, what's going to protect Toto? And they say, well, we'll protect him. Nothing. Although, yeah, so then as soon as he says that, a lion jumps out of the forest and smacks the scarecrow and sends him spinning over to the edge of the road and then he hits the tin woodman with his sharp claws, but nothing happens. although it didn't
1: hurt him, he lay down in the road and lay still. Fell
2: over and lay down, yeah.
1: After he just promised to protect Toto. And
2: Dorothy, (laughs) yeah. Right.
1: (laughs) Don't worry. This is
0: too much. (laughs) I'm just gonna lay
1: down. He just like plops down and goes, don't spill that oil, Dorothy, and then just pretends Mm -hmm. to be inanimate. But anyway,
2: so now Toto runs up to the lion and barks right in his face. And it says the lion opened his mouth to bite the dog. And then Dorothy, being afraid Toto would be killed and heedless of danger, rushed forward and slapped the lion on his nose as hard as she could and yelled, don't you dare bite Toto. You ought to be ashamed of yourself, a big beast like you, to bite a poor little dog. And he goes, I didn't. Technically, I yeah, technically, I didn't bite him. <laughs> Really? He says, I didn't bite him
1: and rubs his nose. And she says, well, you tried to, you coward. That's the same as the movie. So she's not a shrinking violent in this scene in the movie.
2: Except in this, he's not just some dude wearing a lion hat. He's an actual lion the size of a horse. That's <laughs> scarier if a man comes out wearing a lion costume. <gasps> what? That is not scarier, Jackie. <laughs> an actual lion the size of a horse is a lot scarier than a guy wearing a lion outfit.
1: Well, let's not exaggerate. It says a small horse.
2: Do you know how big a small horse is? That's a big lion. That's a bigger lion than usual. <laughs> small
1: horse is Rachel, a big one.
0: This is a fantasy world. Maybe the horse is two inches tall.
1: Yeah, everything in Munchkin Land is tiny. We know it's
2: not because you can see on the cover of the book how big he is.
0: That's not to scale.
1: Okay, well, <laughs> still in the movie, she goes and punches a man
2: in the face. <laughs> yeah, I would much rather punch a man in the face than smack a lion on the nose. A large lion.
0: It's not clear that she knows this is a special lion that can talk or anything. She's just like, oh, this is a normal lion. I'm going to talk to it right now.
2: Smack him and, and scold him. Yeah. Wouldn't it be funny if like that was the one thing that couldn't talk?
0: All I could do is wink.
2: Dorothy says like, how could you hit a stuffed man like the scarecrow? And he says, oh, he's stuffed. Dorothy says, of course. And the lion says, well, that makes sense why he went over so easily. I was surprised to see him whirl around so Is the other one stuffed? And she says, no, he's made of tin. The lion says, well, that's why he nearly blunted my claws. When my claws hit him, a cold shiver ran down my back. And what's that little animal you're so tender of? This
1: is my favorite part.
2: (laughs) She says, he's my dog, Toto. The lion says, is he made of tin or stuffed? And she says.
1: And she says, neither. He's
2: a meat dog.
1: (laughs) what the lion
2: asks if toto is made of tin or stuffed and she says no neither he's a meat dog
0: no, this is 100% all beef dog. So that's what they're worried about on the packaging when they say it's 100% beef, is they're worried about people thinking it's going to be stuffed or metal. Or yeah. Strong. yeah.
2: The lion says, well, he's very small. Only a coward like me would try to bite him. Aww. And Dorothy says, well, why are you such a coward? And the lion tells his tale. He says, I guess I was born that way. Everyone assumes I'm the king of beasts because I'm a lion, but actually I'm afraid. And whenever I see another animal, I roar at them and they all run away but if they ever tried to stand up to me i would be scared and run off and dorothy says like well it sounds like they're even bigger cowards than you are and he's like yeah but i'm still that doesn't make it okay that i'm a coward and then he uses his tail to wipe away a tear from his eye
0: at this point if you're dorothy you've been walking for what, three chapters, four chapters?
2: Like five chapters, yeah. This is the sixth, so yeah.
0: Basically, everyone you meet tells you a long story and then joins you. Yeah, She doesn't know that this is the last person she's going to meet. Yeah. So do you think she's just thinking like,
1: I'll keep acquiring comrades Yeah, she's going to have like 20
0: people by the end. Yeah,
1: I do. And the last one's going to be just like a ghost with no corporeal form. It's going to be like, I sure wish I had a body.
0: I sure wish I had anything. (laughs) It's just an abyss. It's just a void. (laughs)
1: It's just antimatter. I sure wish I didn't destroy everything I came into contact with. Gosh. The lion says whenever there's danger,
2: my heart begins to beat fast. And then Tin Woodman says, perhaps You have heart disease. That's what I said
1: I was waiting for on the next page. I said, trust me.
0: You're talking heart attacks? And the bomb?
1: Go ahead, make a bomb remark. Drop the bomb. Yeah, well, the Tin Woodman is like, well, you ought to be glad because it proves you have a heart and I can't have a, I don't have a heart, so I can't have heart disease. And it's like, wow, what a nice humble brag. <laughs> the
2: lion says, well, if I didn't have a heart, maybe I wouldn't be a coward. <laughs> the scarecrow asks if he has brains. He says, I suppose so, but I've never looked to see. But so they decide they're gonna take him with them and we'll see if he can get some courage.
0: What I'm worried about at this moment is... Now she has someone who needs to eat food.
2: Yeah. Ooh. And she's got Her a little meat, a meat dog. dog. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the lion says, do you think Oz could give me courage? And the scarecrow, the scarecrow says, just as easily as he could give me brains or give me a heart, said the Tin Woodsman, or send me back to Kansas, said Dorothy. <laughs> yeah, they all
2: keep going on and on about the thing they want.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, they just say like, yeah, it would be just as easy for these things to happen, which means it may be extremely impossible for any of them. Exactly. Oh.
2: So they keep walking. She tells him, in exchange for going with us, scare away all the other animals. And it says at first, Toto didn't like the lion because he remembered that the lion almost ate him, but they pretty quickly became good friends. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's sweet. So then it says during the rest of the day, there were no other adventures, but... The Tin Woodman once accidentally stepped on a beetle and killed it, and he was so sad that he started crying and his jaw rusted up, so they had to put oil on to fix it for him.
1: Man, you don't need any more of a heart.
2: Like, you're good. Yeah, Yeah, really. That's the point.
0: Is that foreshadowing?
2: Well, he says, he tells them, this will teach me a lesson to look where I step, for if I should kill another bugger beetle... I shall surely cry again, and crying rust my jaw so I can't speak. So ever since then, he walked very carefully and looked everywhere he was going to step, and if he saw a bug
1: he would step over it.
0: Meanwhile, the scarecrow is just like falling into pits the whole time, right?
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like killing every bug in his path, just wanton destruction. Yeah, so he says, well, if I had a heart, I wouldn't need to worry so much about not hurting anything.
2: He says, because you have hearts to guide you, you know that you won't do anything wrong. But since I don't have a heart to guide me, I have to be very careful (laughs) not to do anything wrong.
1: (laughs) It's almost like saying you guys have, you know, automatic breathing, but I have to think about it all the time. It's just funny because the
2: Woodman says, if you have a heart, then no matter what you do, you must be doing the right thing.
1: Man, that's damaging. Yeah,
2: because I don't have one. I have to be super, super nice. You're being nice. That's it. You're, you're fine, man. I was watching this interview with a woman who... describes herself as a sociopath and she says like she's like there are a lot of bad stereotypes about us but it's not the case that we're all bad partners like if you're in an abusive relationship regardless of if your partner's a sociopath it's not okay but because I'm a sociopath I have to be really really careful to like do the right thing so I have to figure out what it is and then stick to it And she brings her fiance on to talk about it. And he's like, yeah, she's actually a great partner because I know that it's harder for her to do the right thing, but she does it anyway.
0: It actually means something when she does the right thing.
1: Yeah. (laughs) All right. So that was the first six chapters. Pretty fun, huh?
0: I love those first six chapters. Really? I'm really excited to see what other people she meets and invites to her gang. Squad. Yeah.
2: So you're into it. You like the differences.
0: Um, (laughs) I like Um, this 10 man origin story.
1: Was that your favorite part? Like the weirdest part was your favorite part?
0: You think that's the weirdest part?
1: So that's my other question. Yeah, what do you think is the weirdest part? I mean, getting picked up in a tornado and being bored and falling asleep is pretty weird. That's
0: pretty funny. I wish she had continued being bored throughout the whole thing.
1: (sighs) The whole book.
0: (laughs) Yeah, just like, oh gosh.
1: She looks down and she's like, There's my friend the lion, but she never gets to. It's like, whatever. (laughs) She never gets to hit him on the nose because he's too far away.
0: Oh, you're winking at me? Okay, see ya. Like that sort of thing.
1: (laughs) Oh, I hope you enjoy being on that pole for the rest of your life because I ain't coming down there.
0: So boring. Do you think if you didn't know the movie, you would still think that was the weirdest part? Like if you hadn't been introduced to these other things beforehand?
2: Yeah, good question. Do you think we only think it's weird because we're not familiar with it?
1: Yeah. No, I think it's weird because it involves a man chopping off all of his own limbs.
2: I know that to me it's the weirdest because, like I said, I never, like, the movie was not a big part of my life. Even just reading this book, I thought, this is weird.
0: But, I mean, you might have, I feel like I got a lot of it just through, like, cultural osmosis, you know what I mean?
2: Like I didn't have that. I read the books when I was really little. I expected it to be in the movie. When I watched it for the first time, I was like, wait a second, where's the Tin Woodman origin story? <laughs> wait where's second, where's the, where's the murder axe? Where are the gruesome <laughs> choppings?
1: Again, his goal was to write a story that had nothing scary in it. And he introduces a character who's like, I was murdered by a witch and replaced with metal.
0: Maybe it's not that he's trying to make it scary. He's trying to, to take the scariness away from self-dismemberment.
1: <laughs> kids, kids, don't be frightened. Like, <laughs> yeah, if you chop up... Off your own <laughs> limbs it's chill it's chill like you can talk to strangers <laughs> you'll probably meet some friends jump into a tornado everything's fine mm-hmm. yeah i think it's interesting the juxtaposition of the tin man slowly losing all his body parts and the scarecrow slowly gaining senses and body parts as they're painted onto him oh, oh i see what
0: you're saying
1: Yeah, once they gave him ears and eyes and nose and a mouth and he said, it was great fun watching them put my body together.
0: (laughs) That's cool.
1: Now Theo's into it.
2: Yeah.
0: But did he know that was going to be his body when they were putting it together?
2: I don't think so. I think he just was watching and he was like, oh, I get a torso now.
1: Well, it's just so unfair. (laughs) It's so unfair that the scarecrow is happy all the time, can't feel pain, was up on the pole for like two days, was kind of uncomfortable. And the poor tin man lost all his body parts and the love of his life and was stuck in spot. For a year, groaning. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Those two
1: aren't equal at all. <laughs> the Tin Man is basically Job. Dropping a little bit of a Bible reference,
2: trying to prove she's not the Scarecrow.
0: Can we say who is the oldest and who is the youngest and who is the in-betweens of their foursome?
1: Who is the oldest? The
0: youngest is the Scarecrow. Well, the youngest is the Scarecrow. Second youngest is probably Dorothy, or do you think the lion?
1: I don't think the lion is a child. Well,
2: but we don't know how quickly he ages. If he ages in the speed of a regular lion.
0: In lion years?
2: Yeah. In lion years,
0: in Tin Woodman years,
2: in lion years, the lion is older because he has his full mane and everything. Mm. But in
1: actual years, it's been who knows? Who knows? I'm gonna guess it's Scarecrow, Dorothy, Lion, Tin Man. Mm. What do you think, Theo?
0: That, I think that's right. I think that's good. <laughs> I mean, they're wildly different ages, right?
2: Wait, what about Toto? Toto is
1: definitely older than the Scarecrow, and he's younger than Dorothy. So. uh... Are you wanting to fire this, Thea? Does it accomplish its stated goal? Which is of being a modern fairy tale.
0: I mean it is kind of a fairy tale, right?
1: Yeah. It's got the things coming
2: in threes mm-hmm. and people constantly repeating things. They're all on a quest. Is that what makes a fairy tale? What makes a fairy tale? That's part of it.
0: Or those are like the trips of it.
2: You kind of have these archetypes. You normally have you have like a magical guide at the beginning. You have things coming in threes usually.
0: But I feel like a lot of fairy tales are much shorter, right? Yeah. How would it get so long all of a sudden? Just
2: couldn't stop. Um, I don't know if it was sudden. I think he wanted it to be this length. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> what about you? Me? Do you want it to be this length?
0: <laughs> um, I'm not reading it, so I'm fine with whatever length.
2: I was happy with this. It was pretty quick. It's a fun read, I have to say. It's, it's really fun. I would be curious to know if Jackie ends up liking this more than the movie or not, because I really like the books, and I don't I'll have to rewatch the movie, but I don't like it.
1: The book goes by really fast and I'm just picturing the movie the whole time. So I feel like I'm just biased because.
0: You've been spoiled.
1: I've been spoiled. Mm -hmm. Well, I think we should end the episode because we did a good job. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Jackie, you want to talk us out? Oh,
0: wait. I had one more question. Please. Are they on a yellow brick road in this?
1: Yep. Yes, they are. Okay. They are. (laughs) Sigh of relief. Um, You said we're doing four of these, Rachel, or three? Three. Ah, because it's a fairy tale. Good things come in threes. Exactly. Just like your podcast friends. Mm. Just like your podcast friends. There's three
2: Jackies, three Theos, and three Rachels. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Which one have you gotten for this episode? Who knows? You have to tell us every episode. Did you think it was the one without a brain, without a heart, or without courage?
1: (laughs) We have good, evil, and neutral versions of all of us. Mm -hmm. Tonight, I think I was the evil version. Oh, because of all that stuff Theo's deleting.
0: Wow. It would be it would be really bad if Jackie was the evil one one time and we were both the good ones. Like I feel like we should try to coordinate that, you know what I mean? So all the good ones are together, all the evils are together.
1: All the neutrals are together? Cuz
0: otherwise I could just get my feelings hurt.
1: <laughs> oh no, 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 no. No, we have to we have to spread it out. I mean, you don't do good cop, bad cop with bad cop, bad cop. Hmm. Huh.
0: Oh my gosh. I just thought if we all agree to be the good ones in an episode, but then one of us, the evil one knows that that's the perfect time to be the evil. (gasps) The evil one says, this is my perfect time to enter this podcast. The good ones won't know what hit them as they say.
1: But what if all of our (laughs) evil ones did that? (laughs) What if every time I fuck up and, like, I forget to, like, hit record or something, that's the evil one just trying to ruin the podcast? (laughs) And then good Rachel reminds me to turn it on. Wow. Wow.
0: That's cool. And then neutral Theo gets
2: pissed.
1: Neutral Theo gets pissed? (laughs) Yeah. All right. Thank you for joining us for the first of three episodes that we're doing on The Wizard of Oz, the wonderful Wizard of Oz, in fact. I'm your host, Jackie. (laughs) I've been your host, Rachel. Rachel. Do we do that in the end?
0: (laughs) Do it again. Do it again.
1: Um, Thanks for joining us for the first episode (laughs) of the three that we are doing on the wonderful Wizard of Oz. Things are going to get more wonderful, more weird, more wizardy, and we're glad that you are with us on this journey. So come back for round two next week. Walk down the yellow brick road with us. Yeah, take a little walk down the old yellow brick road with you and me. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter, Fire the Cannon Pod. You can see us on Facebook. Um, we are Fire the Cannon Podcast. We have a special announcements groups. A group we have a group that is a singular group that we announcements on, and then the discussion group will have a new post every week that is specific for this week's episode. So make sure to leave all your comments for that episode on the correct post, and that way we'll be able to keep everything nice and fun and organized. Um, You can also see our website. Why do I keep saying see? Well, they can. You can see it, you can view it, enjoy it, interact with it, and love it at com. If you would like to shoot us a little bit of money every month... um, it can be anything from a dollar, three dollars, anything of your choice. We're grateful for everything and it helps us deliver a good thing that we do. Product. <laughs> That's patreon.com slash firethecannon. And as always, canon is spelled C A N O N. If you want to send us an email, and please, for the love of God, someone other than Eric Jones, send us an email. <laughs> it's podcast at gmail.com. Did you guys know that far too many people spend time online and then if you put on ads, it can be a whole new world for you? Oh, God. Gosh.
0: Thanks, Eric. <laughs> he always <laughs> wants to improve our website. He's such a wonderful bot that always wants to improve our website.
1: If someone sends me an email and it's not Eric, I will be so excited I'll have a heart attack. <laughs> Just like L Frank Bomb. Yeah. Frank bomb. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they should've they should have started calling it a bomb attack. Oh. Oh god, Frank's having one of his old bomb attacks again. Whoa. He's taking an L. He's taking an L. <sighs> All right, now let's take a N. Thanks, Thanks, No. Um,
0: Thanks, Thanks. now. No. I'm not taking you anywhere.
1: You can stay.